so I was on the website the it's other It's time day. for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Um, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this eighth day of June, 2017. We're here with our co-host today, Jay Basser. Today we have uh, Bill Chicky in there, and and we also have a gentleman by the name of Tyler. Uh, and, yes, sir. How uh, you guys doing? Doing all right. I'd like to welcome y'all aboard. Uh, now let me give out our call-in number in case no one out there has it. If you have a question or comment, please feel free to call in. Our call-in number is 347-237-4819. Now, that call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819. And then you hit number one when... And now we're in the queue with us. Uh, Tyler? uh, Yeah? I expect when you called in, you had a question or a comment. Uh, What's on your mind today? Yeah, go ahead. I was on the website the other day, and uh, I started a thread about individual unemployability. uh, Uh Uh-huh. With with respect to to my particular case. Um, I was rated... uh, 70% um, March 31st for PTSD as a result of military sexual trauma and an additional 20% for lumbosacral strain uh, for a combined mass of 80 with our screwy disability mass. And since since my rating, my symptoms have... um, I've actually, all right, so a little, little back story. I just finished doing 10 years in prison, and I, I finally gotten clean, and uh, I got eight months clean, and um, I really haven't even, I really haven't addressed any of these issues, so they're, you know, my the fog's starting to clear in my brain, and um, all these past traumas are starting to surface. Now, I'm working with a gentleman, um, a local vet um, at a place that helps vets out uh, called the Vet Center. And um, he explained to me that I'd be, uh, I'm eligible for uh, individual unemployability as a result of my my combined, well, my single one rating is 70% and my combined ratings, of course. Now, um, I've submitted that claim and I'm uh, just have some uh, a few questions about it uh, with respect to um, some documents I need to upload and some different things I need to do to um, try to make this as um, you know seamless as possible and make this to go smoothly. Uh, I guess my first question is: so I was working full time and. Uh, and I work for a family business, and my understanding that's called sheltered employment. And um, I roughly make 
before before my symptoms start to worse, I was roughly making twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars a year. Well, it would have added up to that. I've only made maybe six thousand dollars this year. But um, you know, lucky as I am, I work for family, and um, you know they allow me to make it to my meetings and to my therapy and to my physical therapy and and do all that stuff. Um, like I said, I started a thread on the website and I had guys saying if I work at all, I couldn't, I couldn't file for individual unemployability. I got other guys saying that I'm okay because I'm under the poverty threshold. I have other guys saying it doesn't matter how much money I make because I work in a sheltered environment. Um, I'm just looking for a little bit of clarification and maybe, um, you know, what I can do to take a proactive, uh, um, a proactive, uh, and um, you know, presenting my case to the VA. Excuse me. Let me let me take a stab at this, partner. Um, sheltered employment means basically the person owns a business or something like that, or is indirectly involved in a business. Um, when they when you get paid at the and at the end of the year, what do you get? Do you get a 1099 or do you get a W two? Well, as all right, so before before I was service connected, I had Medicaid, and so everything was right. was under the books because I I fell in that niche where I made too much, um, but I, I needed I needed rehabil drug rehabilitation, and I needed help with my hepatitis C, and I needed help, you know all these things that I needed, but I I would have fell through the cracks and I couldn't afford it co-pays and all that. So technically, I work under the table. But it could be report. You see what I'm saying? Like my family's really helping me out. So whichever way that I have, to, I haven't filed a, a tax return since I've been out. I just got out of prison September 2016. So really, no monies have been reported. But I did self-report on my on the uh, employment verification or whatever that was that I sent in with my claim. That now on my cutback hours, I make roughly a thousand dollars a month. Okay, now, as long as that $1,000 a month is not taxed, anything like that, and there's no verification through the IRS, mm-hmm. then don't worry too much about it. Now, this type of stuff is being a family business, you know. Do you show ownership in that business at all? No, I personally don't. It's my mother's business. Okay, okay now, they more so, do this. I was working there. It was gainful, but with everything going on, I mean, I'm making mistakes at work and stuff like that, but I think they're keeping mm-hmm. keep me around, you know, to help me out, give me something to do, and to keep an eye on me more than anything. You know what I mean? It's Well, I mean, for example, I mean, if it's if she don't report it, you shouldn't report it. Well, I already turned my claim in, and I mm-hmm. said I made roughly, you know, like, that, like I, I reported my last check was $190 for a week, yeah. Right. Um, you know, I I, t- I put on there that I made roughly a thousand. Was I mean? Yeah. I didn't go. I didn't go into any um, specificity with respect to that it was a family business or anything like that. But in my mm-hmm. mental health, um, my VA mental health records, it does show that I work for a family business. Okay. Well, you can clarify that with them. They're probably going to ask you about it. Uh-huh. Um. 
but you don't have a W two. There's no. I mean, they're not going to find you on a cross check on a double check. Right. Okay? But what you need to do is, um, you know, when you go for your unemployability, um, you need to have your uh, treating uh, psychiatrist that you have VA. I get. I, mm-hmm. I assume that's where your your psychiatrist is. Well, you I go to, to the vet center. Uh huh. Do a what? I go to a, a, it's called the the yeah, it's a vet center, and they're underneath the VA, but they're autonomous, so the VA can't look at their records. Now they're treating you, right? Who treats you? Who 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 prescribes your meds for you? Who does that stuff in the VA? Well, the VA prescribes my meds, but I seek my therapy and my mm-hmm. treatment, my talk therapy and stuff like that from the vet center. Yeah, you're okay, under but a no, group. You've got... You're under group. Uh, therapy and that, and that's a little broader scope. Uh, you're going to have to have a medical doctor at some point. I think John will yeah. let John talk about this more. Yeah, you, I have. I, I actually do. got my doc. My doctor, she wrote a letter saying that, listen, I need some time to address my concerns. Um, I dropped out of college. That I need to take some mm-hmm. time, get myself together before I, I even start seeking any kind of full-time employment. I do have that is on the record. A, is there a DBQ for you? Take the DBQ um, for mental health conditions and let the stop fill it out. And uh-huh. have them state that have them state that in their opinion, due to your situation, that you're not employable in a public environment. Okay. Also, oh, I forgot to mention, I was in the process of doing um, voc rehab, and my case manager put me down as unfeasible. That's good. That's, so that's, she, that's, that's a positive. Okay. That's so, a very positive. I, yeah, that's good. Okay. And uh, as long as you've got a doctor saying that uh, you're not able to do that, you know, and uh, self-employment basically, you know, there's a gray area in, in, in that scenario of being self-employment. Say, for example, uh, uh, I become disabled and uh, I get IU and I say I'm 60%, and I go here and buy a Powerball ticket and win $100 million. Right. Or I get my retro from the VA and I go out here and buy 20 rental properties. You know, things like that. But as long as the income that you receive is on mm-hmm. 1099 and not on a W-2, W-2, any, type, any form that I send you with a W on it, that mm-hmm. means wage. It's earned. You work to do it. Right. Okay. Now, there's a difference between active income and passive income. Passive income is, for sake you had money to bank and you do the interest off of it, or rental property, or you win the lottery, or family business that way too. You know, you could uh, actually, you could actually say your mother's paying you uh, dividends in business like that. Right. So, um, that's that's not illegal to do that. And, uh, you know, that would cover you in certain ways, too, in case it ever comes down to it. I don't think it will. I think it okay. You know, that's just a personal thing. But, you know, you never know the VA, though. You know, the judge just went high. Right. It can be, uh, it can be nice one day and be idiot the next day. So, you know, just basically what you need to do is keep that in the back of your mind, push forward in what you're doing, stay on your toes. Right. Okay. And make sure that you don't do anything if you're drawing out you, regardless of what people tell you, that involves a W-2. Okay. Because I've seen a lot of people get a W-2 and the VA do a cross-records check, and I've seen people mm-hmm. have to pay it back. I know a couple guys who went oh, to jail. Wow. And you don't want to go back there, man, I know. No, I really don't. 
Uh, my next question yeah. is, um, I guess, so, all right, so that's all covered. So you said make sure I get my, my therapist to do a DVQ for me. Yeah, Tyler, let me, right. can I, let me get in here and say something. This is Bill Sheka. You're getting some, okay. really, some, some real good advice and everything. I'm going to throw something else at you. Um, okay. Make sure that you, that you look on the forum on how to properly uh, get your doctor to write an effective uh, independent medical opinion. We call them IMOs. And the wording, don't let the doctor play lawyer because we've got enough veterans that have tried to do that, but th their doctor write a letter and it's not done correctly and it causes problems right off the get-go for the veteran and he immediately gets a denial. Try to understand what an independent medical opinion is on the, on the form on at it, and the way that you have to have it worded, it to be short and sweet, but it's got to have the crux of the material. It's going to have to say something to the effect that Tyler, uh, I've been treating Tyler for X amount of years. He suffers from this. He suffers from that. It is my opinion, at least as likely as not, that is not going to be able to work due to uh, his diagnosis of this and the rationale. Make sure that you have the doctor pull up. You can do it, the doctor. You can pull up rationale studies on the Internet. Mm -hmm. well, and very important, they will, they will try to deny you every time many of our veterans fill out, a, um, fill out an independent medical opinion, the doctor does, and he doesn't put the rationale, and that's the first thing the Raiders go after. There's no rationale. He's got an opinion that's good, but the mm -hmm. rationale is not there to support it. So okay. understand that. Make sure you have that. Well, she's pretty good. She did get me. She, she did write my Nexus letter, and I, I have a feeling, you know, as a result of my, my CMP, and that letter that she wrote, you know, I did get, you know, 70%. Did it have rationale? Um, did, did, did it have I'm, I'm not. I'm did not sure if it did or okay. yeah, not. Sure if, it right or not. if it's got yeah, rationale, you've got to have a, uh, the ration, when I say rationale, uh, we're, we're talking about a, a study that's been done that, will uh, make your doctor's opinion carry enough weight because her peers in peer reviews, which is what it's known as, they she she is supported by her peers with other studies. Do you, do you follow right. what I'm She's saying? supported by the medical community. Well, yes, it has right. it's best to have that listed in there in her report, and that way you close the door on the VA. Okay? Now, I had to say that because there's, um, that is a very big problem with our vets. They get a good opinion. They don't have the rationale. The regional office jumps on it each time around. John and Gerald and I are very familiar with that. We've been now, there, done it. Right. They treat okay, uh, great. claims. As a claim, uh, as a claim for increase, okay. Right, That's right. How they treat all claims, a claim for increase. There is a possibility. Okay. Not, you know, it's it may not be very large, or it could be a smaller possibility. I've seen a lot of guys in your in your condition that actually file for IU. It's got a seventy, and they've got another twenty percent rating, or whatever, on your back. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I've seen them actually turn around and award a hundred percent scheduler. And he goes over. That's where and you want to be, happens, too, Tyler. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you right. want to be at yeah. scheduling. All right. Yeah. Now, they scheduled Now I, they scheduled my CMP is um, the 20th and the 22nd, respectively. No, no. Both. We're not talking about okay. appointments. We're talking about no, no. scheduler. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah I understand the scheduler. Yeah, that, if I get the 100% scheduler, then I could work. If things right. got better, I could right. work, and it wouldn't be. No, that's, that's the golden no, meal. No, really, you can't. Not not with a hundred percent mental disorder, you can't work. No, oh, oh, that's, that's right, hundred percent. Right. With a with a psychiatric disorder, yeah, that's right. Not with right. that. If you have scheduled oh, okay. something else, right? If they can't. come back on my back now, all right. So let me ask you this. So I was given twenty percent for my back, um, and okay. I did that for range of motion. I had a back surgery back in two thousand and four. But I have decided okay. in there that they took a look at flare-ups, the issues of flare-ups, but decided that, that that didn't pertain to me. But my CMP doctor, he did, wasn't even listening to me because I do have flare-ups, and it takes me out at least three or four times a month. Um, I probably okay, miss, long? you know, between, between six and eight days a month. Okay, do you have that in writing? Um, I can I could get it in writing from uh, my from my my employer. It, it's on my. Um, what about a doc? Does the doctor tell you? Does you go see the doctor? Mm-hmm. Tell you to stay out. Does he ever put you on bed rest? Uh, I haven't had them put me on bed rest. I did. I I was at the. Um, I did go to the. Uh, they have a, a clinic. A, what do they call that? A urgent care clinic. I was in there a couple yeah. of weeks ago, and I mean, they told me to take it easy, but they didn't put me on bed rest. Is that that's something? Well, you that, have them do that. I mean, that's an incapacitating episode, and you have to have a certain amount of them over a period of time. Uh, he needs an need some IMOs on that, John. Yeah, well, he needs a doc to give him bed rest, Gerald. He don't need an IMO. Yeah, he's already got he's already started yeah. second yeah. toy. Tyler, so he, yeah. he needs. Tyler, you get a worsening condition, and that that is to your benefit. If your condition continues to How worsen, you, when when did you get your rating, Tyler, on your back? How long have you had it? Oh, uh, just recently, they May first. You need but to go I ahead. But I felt like that. You need to go ahead and disagree with that decision. Yeah. But, yeah. You need to file an NOD. You need help. Who's your representative? Do you have one? Um, it's the American Legion. I have a how the hell they doing? Um, well, I I them? said well, I she's not very. I've only spoken to her once or twice. I worked with a guy that he actually he worked for the VA and now he does the community yeah. outreach, and he was the one pretty much that got me my my, my rating, but um, my service connection and my rating. But um, you know, he, we he didn't he didn't mention anything about filing an NOD, but we we just filed this this the increase. I, I didn't know. I mean, is that something yes, you can go? You should NOD the back. NOD the and back. You need, you need you need to get an independent medical opinion from a neurosurgeon. Uh-huh. Okay. And I don't know if you can find one. Uh, Somebody that knows the back very well, you nerds and things like that are involved. Um, if you, you have now, is that something I can? Strength. 
Um, no, I had a, I, I, well, I was looking at my, um, my, they sent me in for x-rays at the VA. I've had back surgery. Right. So I had an L1, L2 fusion. And um, right. I was reading the radiology report, and it, it's showing uh, mild degenerative disc um, disease or whatever. What about spondylosis? What's that? Anything like that? Any spondylosis? Um, I'm not sure. I have to look. It's arthritis. Uh, no, they didn't mention anything about arthritis. That's What's what that? If they found arthritis, you'd be rated different. It'd be under a okay. different issue. Be traumatic arthritis. Okay. But patients can get you a higher rating. But all right, got it. So, but can I file an? Can I file an? Go ahead. I'm sorry. You can file an increase. Oh, but I can file for an increase while I have an NOD in. Well, you could. You could. Okay. But the situation is this. If you file an NOD, then what happens and you win, it goes back to your original effective date you get paid. You file an increase, you get paid from the date of that increase. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you early on. effective date, EED, early effective right. date. Okay. I can hook you um, up with a crackpot and help you do this. You know, uh-huh. but we don't use we don't use we we don't use uh, uh, we don't use the uh, v, v, VA appointed DSOs. We use right. claims agents, folks like that. You know, people that actually work for veterans. Okay. And, uh, but it depends on your situation, what you want to do with that. Right. And uh, uh, so. Okay. Um. All right, so you guys are giving me some things to think about. Is uh, is there, is there mm-hmm. a telephone number? Maybe I can get somebody's telephone number, so maybe I can give a, uh, you know, I I can um, do a little bit of homework, um, and try to figure out, um, you know, my 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 best, uh, you know, my options and and what what what? Mm-hmm. All right, so the claims agents. I mean, what is that involved? Money? Is that you know? Yeah, claims agents is a certain percentage of of what you get. You know. But usually twenty percent. Yeah, twenty percent of retro. But but remember they they've got more uh, they're vested into your claim, you know because right. the guys don't you know they don't do nothing but beat their chest. And right, uh, you know it it it's proven. I know one guy that actually he he, he does pretty good and stuff. And uh, yeah. I tell you what, uh, go on the archives on the show and look up a John Dorley show and list a couple of them. Yeah, and it's got his information on it. Just listen to him do one of the shows. John Doherty. 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 D O L Y. Doherty. Yeah, just listen to one of his shows. Okay. And he's a super nice guy, good kid. Okay. Now, like I mentioned, all right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Where you at? Where you located? I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Columbus, Ohio. How about? You're a Buckeye. Yeah, how about you guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm a Buckeye, man. I'm in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, okay. I'm, Shoot, you guys I'm, are... I'm Texas, deep south Texas. Texas. All right. Yeah, he's... Oh, he almost speaks Spanish, man. He's way down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I got... My, CM, my, my CMPs are scheduled June 20th, June 22nd. Um, my first two CMPs were done outside of the VA, um, the, the mental health was done with yep. the, 
Um, but they okay. got me going to the VA. Is there is there anything I need to you know? Uh, let me let me stop right there. Hold on. Okay. Big flag coming up right now. You say you went CMP exams outside of the VA. Did you go to Veterans Evaluation Services, Logistics Health uh, Incorporated, uh, that's, or QTC? Uh, Veterans Evaluation Service. Okay. VS is a contract company. You will not be able to get a, um, in almost every case, the veteran is not going to be able to get his results from those CMP exams. The only right. way, and I do this with my veterans that I work with, I grab them by the hand, we go to the congressman's office, we get the date of that exam, where it was at, we get the, vet, the congressman to turn in a form to the VA saying, you send the results of this exam, including all uh, uh, CT scans, x-rays, and opinions to this office. And mm -hmm. they will they will have it to you. It took 44 days. I, we just got one last week for one of my veterans. Uh, it took 44 days to get uh, that. So it, it, you can't go in there and get them because those are property of the regional office, Tyler. It, okay. That's why you want to make sure that you get your congressman involved in this to get a copy of your results from the CNP exam. If it's done, if they send you to a CNP, uh, uh, for those listeners that don't know what a CNP is, it's a compensation and pension examination that helps the regional office to make a qualified opinion. And what, what that means is if you get a CNP exam at, say, a VA facility, a VA uh, uh, clinic or a VA hospital, you can just walk right in there and tell them you want the results of that CNP exam. You can do that. But with a contract company, they shut the door on the veteran. So it's very important you enlist your congressman, let them do the fighting for you, get that CNP exam. If you do not get it, the results of it, the VA will know that you don't have it, and they can play a game with you called um, – and this is this is um, non-probative. They'll use that term. They say, well, you don't have a complete medical file, and you don't have the opinion. It's incomplete. We we rule the, the um, uh, information is non-probative, and they shoot you down. I've been there and done that. That's no fun. Just go get your so, and tell them right, what you well, need. If it took you 44 days to get it, my, my, my CMPs are in two weeks. I just filed this claim May 22nd, May 22nd, and my, my CMPs are June, you know, a month later. Yeah, but see, so, that's still part of your file, Tyler. You need that to file an effective uh, a claim and or whether it's for a notice of disagreement or a appeal or whatever, it's part of it. You <laughs> want to make sure that you slam the door oh. on them. Okay. It doesn't matter when your CNP exam is. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but it's still you got to get it part of your claim. You got to have it. Right, right. I get it for my, for my right for my notice of disagreement. All right. Yeah, um, or or I, wherever wherever you're at, whatever stage, it's that's the only way I've been able to uh, get anything uh, CNP exam, and I've been with all of them. I've been with QTC. I've been with Veterans Valuation Services. I've been with Logistics Health Incorporated. I, I've had opinions from all of them. I've had at least 
with VA uh, contracts, I've had at least seven or eight C&P exams on different subjects. Okay. And uh, I've gotten every one of them. The only way, though, I've gotten them is by enlisting the congressman. The congressman, okay. Let me give you the second way to do it, more expensive. You are entitled to get your C-file, your claims folder, mm -hmm. one time free. The next mm -hmm. time you get it, let's say two years later, you want to get another copy, they're going to charge you for it, and it's expensive. Okay. But I did that, and that's how I found out a very stinging C&P exam against the VA. I, as a matter of fact, okay. it resulted in a 40% uh, decision on one of my early claims because of the way that it was written. We would never have known that had I not requested right. uh, my C file, and I paid for the second one, and it was All in right, there. So are you suggesting that I go get my C file before I have this C and P? That you way, do not I have your C file yet. No, I don't have a C, my C. File. Oh my gosh, uh, one of the, it's one of the biggest problems, Tyler, that our veterans face is that they do this without the C file, and the VA will use that against you also if they know okay. that you do or don't have it. Every right, veteran well, needs to get a copy of his C file. Okay. And start so, the process. Okay. How do I? All right. So how do I obtain that, sir? I'd go down there to the congressman's office simply because it used to be 2007. It took me, uh, it took me about three months to get a copy of my C file free the first time I requested it through the regional office with a uh, simple form, what used to be called a 21-4138 uh, uh, SOC. Uh, Form. Now, yeah. I have not been able to do that. It's gotten worse. Again, go to your congressman, tell them you want a copy of your C file. And we did that in for this veteran I'm telling you about. It took 44 days. We just got it last okay. week for him so, too. All right, so I go to my, I got, my regional office is Cleveland. Okay. Uh, if, you, uh, if you can, some of these regional offices, no. you you could walk in and get a copy of it if you sit there. There's some regional offices, forget it, they won't let you come in and sit down and look at your C file anymore. I've had veterans just that going, they've done just that. Go right. to just go to eBenefit right. and you can right. request a copy that way. So go where? eBenefits. You said go to go to eBenefit and request? Yeah, go to eBenefits. Yeah, you can request one through there too. I and, and how long would problems? Well, I, all right. Well, I, how long? I'm going to how long would that take something. through eBenefit? I've, I've, I've done that too, Tyler. I've, just what John said. I have gone to yeah. eBenefits and done that, requested the C file, or had the veterans request it. And it just depends which regional office you're at. Some of them just laugh at you and won't do it anyway. And what all I'm right. saying well, is, right. so that, you know. The right, congressman so carries weight. The congressman, they have to answer him, and they have to give him an answer okay. and deliver to him. That is all a right, sure well, fire I, That That's fine. I, I can go to my – what I'm saying is, is there – got 20 days till my CMP. Is there any way – what would be the fastest way to get my C file before then? Don't worry about it. Don't worry, don't worry about it. You'll get yeah, it. Don't worry you're about, too don't worry short to get it. All right, right that, 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 that was my – that was my question. Okay. It's not a big issue. So, okay. All right. So, as long as you get all right, a copy. So my, I guess, 
Right. So I guess my last question is, all right, so I just had these two CMPs. They were, you know, within the last 90 days. Um, what do I have to look forward to? You guys mentioned being on my toes um, with respect to, you know, these these increased CMPs. Just wait and have your CMP done. Give it a couple of weeks. Uh, since you're having done the VA, after about two weeks, go for medical records section of the VA and ask for a copy. They should give you a copy at the VA. Yeah, get, get right. like John says, give them a couple of weeks so that they can fill out the paperwork, get the report yeah. done, and it'll be part of your right. C file, your claim file. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, I get that it. because I, I want I want these CMPs to be in that C file. I get that. What I'm saying is, with respect to the, this this increase CMP exams I have for increase, it, what do I have to look? What do I have to? You know, you hear the horror stories and everything about guys you know, feel like they, they have a legitimate claim for an increase and they get dropped. What do I, you know, what what, what kind of pitfalls am I facing? What do I have to, you know? Each examiner is well, different. Each one of them is different. Right. They'll do a range of motion on you again. And they'll, do, they'll do the regular test on you. Um, mm-hmm. After the exam's over, get you a copy of it. You take the range of motion reading, things like that. And you take the other information, you go to the Title 38, Part 4, and on the computer you look up uh, the condition of invertible disc syndrome, and you look at the percentages, mm-hmm. and you look at how the CMP reads versus the percentages on that list. And you know if you've right. got it or not for that exam. Okay. That's how you do it. Now, I, 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 I'm sorry. It, you know. I'm really sorry that it, it has to be this way. It, it, it's gotten worse instead of yeah, better. It, it, ten years ago, Gerald and John and I and some of the other folks there had it. We we didn't have as much trouble as we've had in the last this ten years. It is really getting difficult. The whole system is broken, and we are going to be talking about some parts of the show tonight. Uh, part two of what we were talking about last week is John and Gerald and I were going to talk about it. It, it has gotten worse, and unfortunately, it makes you and these other veterans have to work harder. I'm, I'm sorry right. you have to go through this. It's part of it. We've got to hope that that Mr. Trump is going to change this VA, and we are seeing some things right now that are happening that are pointing that it is not. It's 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 a big ship. And you don't get right. it turned in the harbor in just a matter of minutes. It takes a long time to turn the ship. But we are seeing right. some very encouraging things. And John and Gerald and I are going to talk about that some tonight. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your guys' help. Um, can I get uh, somebody's telephone number so I can, uh, you know, talk to them about, you said claims, uh, what did you call them, uh, uh, All right. Claims agent. You got a pen? Yeah. You got a pen? Yep. Yes, sir. All right, write this down. Go ahead. Benefits. Mm-hmm. Agent. Mm-hmm. At Comcast. At Comcast. Dot net. Dot net. Send them an introductory letter. Tell them who you are. Give him your phone uh-huh. number. He'll call you, and you can okay. discuss with him. We know that's between you and him. You guys are having a. You have to work out some type of agreement with him, 
and you'll okay. have to discuss things with him. You'll probably put in this information. But you want to get her done, this will get her done. Right. How long have you been okay. fighting with the VA, Tyler? Well, I, I really haven't been fighting them. I, I, I put this claim in, and um, I filed my notice of intent in back in October. Okay. And I got an award March 31st. I mean, it's it works for me. And and to be I honest with you, it's I, I I was surprised. I I was I was drugged and raped back in 2001 by a fellow sailor. I can't well not a fellow, but by a sailor in my command. And I didn't report it out of shame and guilt and all of that. And I just I just knew. I felt like it was going to happen again because the Navy was going to, you know, deny that it happened. They weren't going to validate it, but everything, you know, everything worked out for me. They, they, they noticed a, a discernible shift in my, my work performance and in my, my evals and everything. And between that and an affidavit, I told a girlfriend about it um, about 10 years ago and, you know, they they approved my claim. You yeah. Know, so I'm, I I'm amazed. I don't that have anything. Is, I, that's it, good. It was it is amazing. I, I didn't think it was going to happen. It was, you know, it was a little bit of validation. Hey man, it does happen. I felt, you know. What did you do in the navy? Um, I was an undesignated airman, but I I was wanting to be a. a I wanted to work on ejection seats. I ended up getting kicked out because after the rape, I started self-medicating with alcohol, and um, I ended up yeah. getting in a fight um, off base in front of my house, and found out it was a it was an officer, and you know it's, I ended up getting kicked out. But um, oh man, yeah, well. it's the same. So really, what my my next big thing is is once I get this out of the way, is I I, I want to get my I, I ended up getting kicked out with a general discharge under honorable conditions. You know, I had a right. I had a senior chief that totally stepped up for me. He said, man, you know Burton, he was a you know hell of a sailor. Something's not right, but you know, and so I ended up getting a general discharge. Um, but, bacon, so. Man. But I, I think I think I got pretty good um, grounds for a, 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 a discharge upgrade. upgrade. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you've you got, so got a quick decision, Tyler. you got a quick decision, and your regional office, evidently you had um, some people in the regional office that were doing a decent job. I can assure you that does, that is not the norm. John and I will tell you, it, 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 it's tough to do this. And, and I've read this. Kind of. Sure, I've read the stories. I mean, I'm on your on, – on, I don't know whose website had it is, but I've, I'm on that website every day, and I read the stories, and, and I just – I really empathize with the people that are going through similar, similar situations and, you know, mm-hmm. physical disabilities and stuff like that. And it really is sad, you know, we – and yeah. we volunteered our time and our, our put our lives on the line, and you know a lot of people just aren't being treated the way they should be. You know, had well, it it, by it's gotten Eber. worse. It had gotten better on the yeah, on I know. claims, and and we're hopefully going to see things uh, starting to change, and we're seeing some work that's encouraging. But we have a long way to go, 
and it's going sure. to take a lot of people working together to change it. It didn't get this bad overnight. It took a number sure. of years under many administrations, not just Democrat or Republican. It took a lot of people that did, thing, Bill, did Jer- not Jer- have, have our, our backs. Uh, well, that's one of the things, you know, once I get myself straightened out, I'm in a decent position where I'm, I'm doing okay. I, I'd, I'd like to help vets, you know, get mm-hmm. some get some help. You know, I think that would stay on the head some, and keep uh, the vets get done. That would be the best thing you can do. Yeah, I will. Yeah. All right, guys, I've taken up enough of your time. I appreciate hey, ne- it. It was nice meeting up. you guys, man. No, I, I'm not. Up. I'm a fighter. Thanks for calling in. Yes, sir. And, All right, buddy. Uh, if we have any more callers out there, feel free to call in if you have a question or a comment. Uh, John, you have us an update here on the uh, um, this unemployability thing. Yeah. I believe. And, I'm going uh, everybody's. I'm going to hang up, gentlemen. How late does your show run? Uh, just, How late does uh, the show another, another 45 minutes. Okay. You gentlemen have a good night. I'm going to sign off. Thank you, You Tyler. too. Thanks a lot, All Tyler. right. Bye, fellas. Bye. Okay. I hope he gets everything he needs. Good young yeah. man right yeah. there. That's a Me very too. encouraging story. Very encouraging. That's yeah. good. Um, Gerald, you're right. Uh, this issue, you know, on uh, the budget is ugly. And, uh, fortunately, I've got some contacts in some certain places. You know, I kind of leave a dual life. I do some other stuff uh, for some folks. And, uh, I've got some contacts in the right places. And I sent a couple of informative letters out and a couple of phone calls and got a response back. Now, the actual bill itself was sent to Congress and the committee. Congress took the bill, started looking at the bill, and started writing their own version of the bill. And they've decided that the issue with unemployability is going to hurt too many veterans, so that's not going to be included in Congress's version of that bill. Well, that's good news yeah, it'll to go. a lot of veterans, yeah. you can bet. All right. Now, of course, there's some things that are still in the bill, you know. There's going to, you know, there's going to be some hurtful changes somewhere. Yeah. Uh, there's also some good news coming on the bill, too, about uh, uh, the choice card itself. It's going to be administered by Camp VA. <laughs> that's the Bingo. Right so, Bingo. You know, that yeah. Good a, news. That gets you know, out of the hands of the VA and gets it, yeah. And I have to say this, they they take one agency that actually performs its duties properly <laughs> and they they dump that choice card on it. I think the choice card uh by design has a lot of problems. But at least yeah. they're putting it in a place that that uh have the best people available. You cannot get right. any better than Champ VA. 
in that group of individuals. They'll, they'll go backwards for three days to make a deal right. And uh, no. so I certainly wish them luck with it if, if they do indeed get it. If you don't have any idea what we're talking about, just find uh, the archive radio show with Glenn Johnson on there and listen to him. Yes. Yeah. Boy, hallelujah. He's he's good. That's one part yeah, of the that work, folks. We're proud of them. And they've always been kind to us, and they're kind to everybody. Uh, if you have an issue, they'll... they'll do everything they can to resolve it for you. Yeah, they'll do the Bohemian Boogie Woogie to get you satisfied. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're good good people, really. Uh, you know, when we have this this choice card, has really gotten to be such a problem for our veteran community, and as most of the veterans find out, the choice card has not been able to work. You can't get anybody to physically want to accept it. That was my problem. I couldn't do it. Well, now they started doing this program with Tri-West, and it, it's, not, it's not real good, but it's better than the choice card, and it's trying to get a little better than the voucher, the fee basis system that a lot of us are familiar with. So Tri-West, uh, John, is my understanding, you and I were visiting, Champ VA is going to absorb Tri-West also, and they're going to no, they're going just to take, take over the choice card. Try West is going to be out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Try West is going to be. They're going to be gone, so we won't have to worry about that program. I've been actually seeing my cancer doctors and cardio doctors and stuff under Try West. So Champ VA looks like they're going to be the ones taken. Is that correct? Yeah, that's going to be. It's in the future, Bill. It's not going to be in time soon. Yeah. Maybe well, next year. Okay, uh, at least we'll we'll have something instead of uh, continuing to hear about these programs that, like the choice card, that never could even get off the ground and work. Uh, I I never was able to use it. I know a lot of veterans that were laughing and told me the same thing. They they not only couldn't use it, they couldn't get a a, a doctor to to accept it. Well, they and, wouldn't uh, pay the bill. The VA wouldn't pay the bill and then get someone to approve something to an act of Congress. Yeah. Well, it, that, it was, just, uh, that was Bob McDonald's baby. You know, you, not useless piece of plastic. That but, was a new jerk uh, reaction to the pain scandal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's all it was. And, uh, that's when... General Shinseki got sacrificed, and they they put him in there. Bob McDonald became it, and then we had this program come up with the choice card, and it just it never got off the ground. It couldn't. Uh, it, it was lip service uh, to the committees, but it went to the House Affairs Veterans Committee and then the Senate Veterans Committee, and it never got any further than that. Nobody knew what to do. It was literally a fiasco. So. Uh, yeah, I'm. Inc- I think all of us should be encouraged with this thing, and like we like we were saying, this thing is starting to gain momentum. We're seeing something that is is coming forward to change the VA. We just hope that we can do it and finally get something that's going to benefit our veterans. And um, 
you know, we got uh, we've got this hotline. I guess we need to start talking about it. Um, John and Gerald, uh, uh, the veterans hotline. Not the folks. We're not talking about the suicide hotline. Well, this is something different. <laughs> Do what, John? Please hold. Yeah, please hold and hold, and please don't harm yourself till we get back to you. Brad's lines are English. Yeah. What a joke that was. So, uh, folks, we talked about this last week. There was a definite, and there has been a definite correlation of the number of veteran suicides over the last 10 or 12 years and the denial and claims process uh, and and the backlog. There's a direct uh, correlation. And we went over those figures last week, talked about them, uh, and it's um, it's it's a very disheartening situation. We have to get it fixed. It must get fixed. We can't have 25 or 26 veteran suicides a day. They say they've got it down to 22. Do not believe that. That's not true. And they don't have hard evidence to support that. They say they do, but they don't. And we need to we need to be aware that our veterans are, act, are the ones that are suffering from this because of the backlog. And we got a backlog that's 1,200 uh, days uh, or longer and an appeals process that goes on for three years. Uh, that's why Tyler, when he said he just got his, a quick uh, turnaround on his claim, instead of most veterans having to fight five or six years or seven years, as John and Gerald and I listen to these horror stories daily, uh, and most of the folks out there in the listening audience of the veterans have to deal with this too, we see a real problem. And uh, just to go over some of the, the facts that we went over last week, uh, at the first part of the show, you know, we got uh, about 70% of the veterans uh, were not regular users of VA uh, uh, at that uh, of the suicide group. The people that have taken their lives, uh, they were not regular users of the VA. And those uh, people that were post 9/11 vets, the veterans that were in that group. Uh, they have the highest rate of suicide, the post-9-11 veterans, uh, than all other veterans combined uh, for the past seven or eight years. And um, remember that the suicide rate is not taken in consideration of roughly 20-some-odd states. Texas and California are not in figured into that. So we have the two largest veterans communities that aren't even figured in the suicide rate. So can you trust a number of 22 or 25 or 26 veterans a day? Of course not. Folks, it could be as high as 50 or 60 veterans a day. I don't even want to put a a number on it because we don't have an accurate way to gauge this. And um, when... uh, from 2001 to 2014, according to Military Times, the veteran suicide rate jumped 32%. That's just about the time that the backlog 
and the poor adjudication rates and the error rate. Now, when we say error rate, we're talking about a veteran that has a very strong claim, and they just denied it the first time around because they can't. The regional office did. So that's an error rate, and they that directly attributed to it, so we did see a jump. Um, that 65% of all veteran suicides in 2014 were veterans 50 years or older. The number has been as high as uh, 26 vets a day, uh, veterans a day, but we know that number is not right, couldn't be right, because they're missing half of the United States didn't participate. So when you have 50-year-old vets that are in the in the in the 65% of all veteran suicides, that's telling you how long it takes to get a claim going in the process. And you know, folks, we've got. I think Gerald has been battling them what 16 or 17 years. John took 14 years before his was adjudicated. Partly, I don't think he's through, and I'm not through. I'm still nine years. Uh, when I got mine to where it was basically okay, but I still have issues pending that we haven't gone to the Board of Veteran Appeals yet, and I've been fighting since 2007, so there's over 10 years, uh, almost 11 years, and I still haven't got to the Board of Veteran Appeals on some issues. So uh, the budget uh, has been increased. They started out a $3.7 billion budget increase this year. Now it's gone up to over $6 billion increase. We're at a hundred and eighty, roughly $187 billion in the budget for 2017 for VA, of which um, $86 billion is the mandatory um, budget uh, request and the uh, other is discretionary. That's where your bonuses and all your extra charges and stuff come from uh, out of the discretionary. So that makes up that $186 billion, not million, folks, billion. The uh, went over the numbers last week uh, that uh, in 1947, uh, the budget was $8.3 billion right after World War II. 1997, it was $19.1 billion budget. Uh, then in 2007, uh, James Nicholson was Secretary of the VA at that time. Uh, it jumped to $82 billion in change. Uh, 2012 went to $125 billion in change. And this is in, uh, in cause because of the wars going on in Afghanistan and uh, Iraq because we were pulling uh, troops out at that time at such a rapid rate we couldn't take care of them all. So the budget had to go up uh, as more veterans came into the uh, program. In 2016, the budget was $163 billion. So uh, we're, we're adding more money to the VA. And, of course, as we add more money to the VA, we're also going to have problems with the discretionary part being wasted. And Gerald and I and John talked about this with the uh, bonus program. But the bonus program, I think it was... Uh, Two years ago uh, was uh, $178 million in bonuses, yet we have a backlog that is, was approaching 1,200 days, 
I don't care what the morning report says at the VA. You can't believe that. Don't go to the morning report and believe any of that. Uh, we know the folks on uh, the website, and you talk to veterans, uh, and John and General and I are doing veterans work and meeting with them, and we see how long it really takes and to get get the letters uh, back from the regional offices, whether it be a denial or whether it be a grant, we see a huge problem. So the budget's going to go up. It's going to continue to go up until we get a handle on this. And, uh, John, why don't you go over some things about the call-in, uh, uh, the crisis line, uh, the hotline, because I'm, I'm kind of encouraged with it. I don't know about you, but why don't you explain a little bit of it? Well, I was looking for a couple of callers that used the hotline. I guess they must have lost their phone bill or something because I was expecting to be calling today. But anyhow, yeah, got a story. Yeah, you had that one, that one story true. Well, there's a gentleman that uh, had an issue with a uh, son who was under VA care and got in a car wreck. And uh, he was in a motorcycle, and the car pulled across in front of him, he hit it. Screwed him up pretty bad. A bad head, head injury, hip injury, broken hips. Pretty messed up kid. Been a sheer injury in the brain. He had a pretty serious head injury, so he went to. Uh, they took him down to the hospital in Florida. And it's supposed to be a good hospital. It's one of the work on the race car drivers in wreck at Daytona. And uh, they done. They got him stabilized, and you know, got the swelling down the brain, and his dad finally. Worked up, uh, he's a Marine, ex-Marine, disabled vet. And uh, this guy was under VA care, and his dad had to put up the money to get him from Florida back to Alabama where he lived. So I took him to Alabama to a nursing home, a VA nursing home, and uh, I some in Alabama. And uh, they had to, they wanted to get him some primary care stuff, you know, and get him treated and uh, get him off some seizure medications because the kid's probably going to be able to wake up. And uh, so I needed a neurosurgeon evaluation and things like that. So he called the Birmingham VA and asked him, you know, can you help us out here? You know, we need to get him, get him evaluated. Birmingham said, well, you can take him over to the clinic down there in Gadsden and uh, we'll have to get him a, an appointment to come in here. And that's our procedure. Of course, kids on a feeding tube when he's unconscious, you know, get him to the, to the Gadsden uh, uh, vet place or whatever, the CBO, CBOC, or whatever they call it. That's an impossible feat, and it's going to cost them a thousand dollars to get it moved down there. So they kept giving the day to run around. He was at wit's end, and uh, he let a friend of mine know what's going on. The friend called me. I called him and talked to him. I said, "Hey, the hotline's going to be open tomorrow." I said, "Go ahead and uh, call that number and tell him what your situation is." He called me, talked to an actual veteran, and the veteran said, "Just start taking notes." And the guy said, "We'll try to help you." So they hung up the phone, and that was it. 8.30 the next morning, his phone rang. It was the it was the highly mobile folding instructor's chair at the Birmingham VA saying, we will take care of your son. We're going to get his records, and we're going to bring him here and have him evaluated. So the guy asked him, he said, now just uh, what caused you all to change your mind? What caused you to do that? He said, we don't like getting phone calls from the White House. <laughs> yeah. That's so, good news right there. So we we have some folks in office or in many of the offices in our government that are that are aware of our veterans' plight and 
situation. This is just a, a really happy story, and we're, we we want to hear more of these stories. We sure so do. guys are you in a situation like that, and you're getting a runaround any area of the VA, you know, any area of the VA, and you can prove and with information, and you can bring some factual data to them people. You call that hotline. The man gets a hold of it. I want to tell you something. It's Katie Barr that don't work with that man. He's a big man of stature, and uh, he speaks strongly. He's a New Yorker. And he calls someone to do something, they better get it done. You know, because well, he's got that direct number. Story. That direct number yeah, is 855 948 That number, once again, is 855-948-2311. Now, that's the White House hotline number uh, for yeah. veterans. And hopefully they've they've added more on. I've read where several guys had called. Uh, some of them had to wait a little bit, not long. Yeah. Compared well, to most minutes, places. No deal. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, Medicare is how to get through. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. Good point. <laughs> Call 1-800-MY-PEGGY. <laughs> or PEGGY. That's one eight hundred. Peggy, <laughs> whatever her name is. Peggy. Uh, yeah, yeah call her. <laughs> but at least they did get through, and uh, yes, he got through, and uh, he had successful results. He did get good results. I'm really. And he's impressed. a pretty little Facebook name, girl. Uh, yeah. Got friends now, ain't you? Yeah. That's yeah. and I'm glad oh. of it. So. Now that's a good example, people. If you got any, if anybody else has examples, please let us know. Uh, you can uh, go on to had it. You can uh, look up Jay Bash or send me a perfect, private, perfect message, and uh, I'll answer it. Or you can look up Gerald J E R E L. Send him a private message, or you can look up Captain Contaminate. He can send him a private message. He can, you know, yeah, we'd be happy to hear from you. We we do want to hear. Is this program going to work until? It's not going to be, the, the, the hotline number is not going to be a fix-all right now and forever. No, but it's going to be a temporary until we get this VA beat down, changed, and bring it back to what it was supposed to do for the veterans and their families, their dependents, their widows and spouses, that Abraham Lincoln might look up and be proud of this situation instead of rolling over in his grave, shaking his head. I don't know. Bill, he got shot pretty bad. I don't know if he built roll over or not. Uh, <laughs> well. well. John Wilkes Booth laid a big, big, big old slug in him. Yeah, he did. I, uh, as I long don't as know. something we, off, the hotline's going to be there. Okay? Yes. We he have another caller, folks. Uh, Let's see girl. what we have here. Uh, caller uh, 404, area code 404. 
Do you have a question or comment? Hello? Mr. Cook. Hello? Yeah. Mr. Cook. Hello? Yeah. Mr. Cook. Hey. Sherman Howard here. How are you? Mr. Howard. Thank you. Are you doing all right today? Yes, sir. Just picked up your, uh, I just called in. I don't know what subject you're talking about tonight, but I'm willing to throw my piece in there. Well, okay. Uh, we was, we was uh, talking about. He's from uh, Georgia, Bill. Oh. <laughs> uh, we're talking about going down and and uh, protesting a friendly protest there at the BA office and let them know how much we appreciate them. Well, I tell you, you what. Do you, do you think you can handle that? <laughs> No, Sherman, we're discussing the president's hotline, and we're also discussing that uh, the budget bill that's being chopped up in Congress right now for 2018 that's going to take a year away from veterans. Well, you know, I just listened to the Secretary of Veterans Affairs talk on the Laura Ingalls show yesterday, and he said that the VA had enough money, they just needed to quit wasting it and abusing it. Good. And um, yep. right. you know, uh, we need to. We, uh, Mr. Cook talked about a protest. I've been picketing lonely by myself in front of the VA in Atlanta for a long time. I think Good it's for time you. for them. I think it's time for the American <laughs> Legion and the DAV and all those guys with their little hats and their pins to start organizing and representing <laughs> veterans like they're supposed to be doing as advocates. And organizing massive protests and pickets on various days, so that uh, the American people really realize what's going on. Well they said. Well, that's that. a good they idea. Free rent. They yeah. Use the free rent. They can't do that. You know well, that's true. You ever read the bylaws? You ever read huh? the bylaws? Have you ever read uh, the bylaws? You know what? The, of the American <laughs> Legion and them. Yeah, their their final loyalty they're, relies within the Department of Veteran Affairs. They're part of VA. Uh, that part, well, part that's of what, mandatory budget. Well, that's you know that's understandable. They they they're the ones that are supposed to be our advocates. They're appointed by the VA as our advocates, and they're the ones in bed with the VA. And we keep hearing this stuff where we're going to cut a benefit away from the veterans because we're going to build another program to make it better. So they're taking money out of our pocket, putting it in their pocket, and uh, veterans continue to suffer. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. This cut's not going to happen, Sherman. Sir? This cut to IU is not going to happen. Congress has already cut it, chopped it up. Well, you know what? I mean, all I can say is the American people, you know, Congress hasn't done their job in a long time neither. You know, the American people need to understand what's going on, and veterans need to stand up for their rights and get out there and uh, and voice their opinion, and they need to get their families involved. They need to get their churches involved. They need to get their civic organizations involved. Politicians have been using us for years as a, a stump speech telling how they're going to take care of us and everything, and then they turn around and, and stab us in the back. And, uh, you know, it's time Americans stood up and it's time veterans stood up because, you know what, we're fighting for the next generation. And uh, right. we're, fighting for, we're fighting for the past generations that are too tired and weak to fight, 
It's our responsibility as veterans to take care of the weaker among us. If we have any kind of religion, Christianity, Catholicism, Islam, Hinduism, all of them talk about taking care of the weaker among them in their in their faith, and that's what we need to start doing. And American veterans have suffered enough at the hands of politicians and uh, people with uh, using us, and it's just time that we stood up. But you know, it's easier said than done because it takes courage. Takes courage to do it. Got to be done. Got to be done, Sherman. You're right. You know, I fight a lot with the VA. I talk to leadership, and uh, you know, they tell me that they're in Washington. They're policy and procedure people. They don't have control over the local VAs. And I tell them they need to get out and get down to the local VAs and talk to veterans and see what's going on. But then they announce they're coming down and they're treated like royalty and they're rushed around the facilities so that nobody can see or talk to them except the appointed ones, you know. Right. Um, You know, Dr. Shook Shook needs to, 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 uh, I'm going to be nice on the radio, but grow some and start doing what he said he's going to do. Yeah. Well, uh, let me let me uh, reply to that. Dr. Shulkin is a medical doctor. He's come out of the Veterans Be- uh, Health Administration, and he doesn't understand the Veterans Benefits Administration. We got a real problem. John, Gerald, and I, we know the problem lies mostly in the Veterans Benefits Administration, the VBA, totally different than the Veterans Health Administration. And Dr. Shulkin doesn't understand... Neither do any of the other presidents uh, that have been in there before. They just don't know. The congressmen and senators haven't done anything, as you as you pointed out, Sherman. Uh, so right now we have to attack the Veterans Benefits Administration and get this backlog and the error rate under control. They have plenty of money to make the decisions right the first time. I don't care if we add uh, 50,000 new veterans uh, as service-connected. That has nothing to do with it. That budget will take care of them because they made a proper decision the first time that was correct without uh, the backlog and without delaying and letting it lay there, costing hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, I, and that's I our problem. Just- I just talked this week with a person up in the Veterans Benefits Administration office in, in Washington. I have a good connection there, and I talk with them. And they seem not to uh, – they seem to think that it's separate VAs. There's, there's only one VA, number one. Number two is that they'll, they'll, they'll give us a statistic that they're solving these cases really quick and they're resolving the issues, but they're automatically rejecting veterans. If they keep us on the, if they keep us going through the appeal process for four or five years, then they're making money on the interest that 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 they don't pay us, and a lot of veterans will settle for thirty percent when they finally get their disability claim just to get it resolved. Um, it's a big game. They'll lowball us, and then they'll take just like I think I understand now that they're trying to cut out the. Uh, uh, the unemployability for veterans over 60 or something, they've built another program, added a whole lot more administrators and a whole lot more of a people in the line, and they said, well, we're going to take it out of the veterans' pocket, which they do every yeah. time. And, right. um, you know, Dr. Shookin, 
or he, he took the job to lead the whole VA. He didn't just take it to lead the health care side. I know he's an internist. I've talked to him, and I've talked to a lot of people on the health care side, too, in Washington. He in charge of the whole VA, and the whole VA, one is connected to the other, believe it or not, in a lot of ways, health care and the benefit section, but they want to separate it, and they want to separate themselves from the reality of it. Well, it's, and, it's um, very secretive, Sherman, in the Veteran Benefits Administration. Uh, you're not able to get in there and visit with a lot of people in VBA in these regional offices, especially with decision review officers. They keep you in the dark. They'll do everything they can not to talk to you or let you see a C-file or, or anything. And poor Dr. Shulkin, he's got his work cut out. I agree with you. And I think it's going to happen uh, uh, with the direction they're going. I think the Veterans Benefits Administration is going to have a big change coming within the next two years. Well, you know, two years is two more years that veterans have to wait on a promise and, and hope that, that somebody doesn't change or make a different decision. The whole Should point of all of it. Huh? Should, yeah, they've Should. been telling us for yeah, they've been telling us for a long time the VA's been in existence almost 100 years. You know, it seems like they would get it right. But, I mean, I'm a Vietnam-era veteran, and they're doing the same thing now that they did back in the, in the 70s and 80s. Um, the, whole, the whole important thing about all this is is that what is in the best interest of the veterans. And I, when I talked to you all before, I talked about the patient advocacy system or the advocacy system for veterans, which is designated people like the the VSOs and stuff like that. The VA needs to set up an advocacy system that runs parallel all the way through the VA on the benefit side and the health care side that has legal lawyers that represent veterans and veterans' interests only, that they have no other thing. And then the advocates that work for the, for the main advocate in each facility needs to be a trained paralegal or a person in customer service or a trained person we do not have a special counsel. We do not have a general counsel all the, or the inspector general. They all represent the VA, not the veterans. The veterans need our own legal system because if you tried to get a lawyer to help you in any issue, it's almost, it's, it, it's almost impossible. And I know Mr. Cook has tried, and I've tried, and we've talked. Lawyers aren't going to do it because they, they know the VA can stall them for five and six years, and it's just not worth it. I, and we I need had our a own yeah. yeah, Gerald huh? and I both Gerald and I both had uh, VA lawyers and I mean it what it did when I had a VA lawyer I never got to the Board of Veteran Appeals but my lawyer was very good. It made the playing field equal because the playing field isn't equal until you get a lawyer. Unfortunately, like you're saying, Sherman, we shouldn't need have to pay for lawyers. Uh, especially getting the retro given to them, the VA should be paying that out of the budget, uh, out of the discretionary budget, for any time the veteran needs a lawyer. It should be free like to I, us. Like I'm saying, no that due, has to be part. There's, 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 there's no due process for a veteran. A veteran is a second-class citizen. The, the illegal aliens that come across my border, I live in deep south Texas, I have to deal with this problem, and it's incredible. I get to see it firsthand, the war, and those people coming over here that are illegal, illegal aliens have more rights than the veteran. The veteran has no due process. 
Well, I I know, and if you ask the people in the VA, Mr. Cook, and different people, that's what I've been fighting for for years. I'm I'm blacklisted, blackballed, and everything, but I keep on fighting. The VA needs to have a legal system, an advocate system for veterans that the VA pays for, that is legally based. Lawyers they report they don't report to the facilities. They don't report to the, the heads of the hospitals or the heads of the benefits office. They don't report to the divisions or the regional office. They report directly to the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, and it's a system that represents veterans and veterans' districts only. And a lot of issues on the health care side and a lot of issues on the benefit side would be wiped away immediately because they would be looking out for our interest and in, in going by what the law is. See, the VA knows they can violate the law, and there's no no recourse for us because there's no punishment. Right. But there's no due process, so there's no steps to take. Everybody else gets due process. Sherman, we don't. Sure. We have have no due process. The unions, I've read every union contract, they have three and 400 pages of due process. We have none. In fact, if you really want to look at our due process or what we have, there's a thing called the core values, integrity, commitment, excellence, advocacy, no, commitment, advocacy, excellence, and respect. It's spelled core, uh, I care, and it's real simple. It's like integrity, act with high moral principles, adhere to the highest professional standards, maintain the trust and confidence of all whom I engage. That's what it says. That's the VA's definition of integrity. Each one of those have a simple definition of what a VA employee is supposed to do. It's the contract they have with the veterans. I talk to people that are leaders, leaders in the VA in Washington, D.C., and I ask them what they mean. I say, what does that integrity mean? And they'll give you their own personal definition. You'll say, well, there's 300,000 employees at the VA. They have 300,000 different definitions. The one definition is this one right here. And until they, each one of us veterans had to learn our general orders when we went in the military. We had general orders, and we didn't graduate until we knew those general orders. That's right. So it chain seems of like command. employees. General orders, chain of command. Exactly. It seems like the VA could inquire their employees to learn those five things, integrity, commitment, advocacy, respect, and excellence and understand those and go by those and be held accountable for those. And in that way, we would be treated with respect and dignity and we'd be done. And if we had a legal system that represented us, then it would be insured. Sherman, do you remind me of what I was like 10 years ago before I got too sick? I had this fire that you got, and I'm I'm proud to talk to you. I love you, brother. You're you're awesome. (laughs) You are. We need more people like you. I can tell you that. Well, you know, I tried as hard as I can, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to talk to a lot of leaders, and I'm pushing them one by one by one to understand exactly what it is. And the biggest thing that the biggest thing is that I push for them, and every one of them, I tell this: it should be the greatest honor in this nation to be chosen to serve American veterans. There should be no honor in this country greater than that. Not to serve in Congress, not to not to serve for the Social Security. If you were chosen to serve the veterans of this nation, the veterans that were unselfish and unwielding 
in their desire to serve our nation and protect our Constitution, to serve around the world in harm's way, not only for freedom for America, but freedom for the world and safe passage of enterprise and everything, then they should be that kind of employee that says, this is the greatest honor. But they don't care. They don't care one bit. They don't even understand it. And no one is holding them accountable. Dr. Shookin should start it and make every one of his people do it, or he should fire them and say, go sue us in court. We're not dealing with your union contracts and all that stuff anymore. You are incompetent. Go. Yeah, that, because that, it costs us more money. To... we got to change that law to, that keeps these people from being uh, transferred to another regional office. They can't be fired. we got to get rid of this program that does that so that the accountability factor, like you're talking about, comes into play where, we, where we're not going to put up with it anymore. Well, I'll tell you what one of the problems is, is the unions are, that's the most powerful union and the biggest union in the nation is the Governor Employees Union. And each one of those Congress and Senators kiss their butt to, and not put in these laws to get rid of them because they want the votes and they want to get back in power. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's like my, my Senator Johnny Atkinson, he's chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee. He's the senior citizen on that committee. He has been holding up for two years now the, the, to put that law in effect, even though the House has passed it several times. Now, number two, he's a veteran. And in his state of Georgia, three hospitals, the Atlanta VA Medical Center, the Augusta VA Medical Center, and the Macon VA Medical Center are two-star and one-star facilities out of a five-star facility. Why is that? I wonder. Because he's more interested in where they're going to play golf next month when they're off than he is interested in taking care of veterans. He's more interested in raising money and who he's hobnobbing with than veterans. And he's a veteran. Lindsey Graham and and, and what's his name in Arizona? Um, John John McCain. McCain. John McCain's facility in Arizona is a one-star facility, and he's running all over the world trying to start fighting all country. Folks, folks, I, I want you to listen to Sherman very carefully because this is the sad state of affairs of where our country has been and what is happening and what we are trying to get changed. Sherman is telling it like it is. It has been doing this for a long time. Lindsey Graham is an officer in the reserves. In his hospital, in his state of South Carolina, are failing facilities. I'm glad I'm not in his outfit. You know, well, he doesn't serve anyways. His service is to put on his, his dress uniform and go to the balls, you know. I mean, status symbol only, you know. But yeah. just think about it. Johnny Eisen, John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and the, all these people that are supposedly pro-veteran, they don't, they're not, when it's time to come down here, they should be picketing with us. They should be organizing them. Yeah, well, they're, they're not going to do it because they don't want anything to get fixed, and it's going to take some dramatic changes. And it's, it, we have a chance to do that right now. Uh, and Dr. Shulkin, I believe, is a very honorable man, but so was Dr. Shinseki. He got, he got sacrificed 
because the regional offices went against him and collapsed the thing with the backlog, and he thought that they were all as honorable as him, the folks making decisions in regional offices. We've got to get this thing turned around. Folks, please listen to Sherman. He is, you're a breath of fresh air, brother. I'm telling you, you, you remind me. Let me, let me tell you, Bob, Bob McDonald was the same way. I met Bob McDonald. He came down and met me and sat down and talked with me. And him and I used to text and talk on the phone on the weekends about a lot of issues. He yeah. got wore down real fast learning that he had to play the game, number one, and that he had right. to put the best side. He wanted to put the best side of the veteran at VA out there, you know, only the positive thing. Right. Don't think those veteran service uh, officers are having problems the secretary of the VA thinks that that he's going to change things when the regional offices have got all the dice. They got the loaded dice. They're just waiting them out, and they're going to play the game. But it's going to be on their terms, not on the secretary's terms. And that's how it's been run. We got to change this. You're bringing well, like fresh I said, air. I t- You're bringing fresh air here. This is what America needs to hear, folks. Please talk- listen to this. I talk to leaders all the time in the VA. I'm still fortunate enough to do that because I, they know that I'm sincere and they know that I'm honest. And 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 it's just that they are so lost. And when they, they tell me, they tell me directly in Washington, they say we are not have nothing to do with the local, regional, or vision or or a hot benefit side or something. They are autonomous. They make decisions. If you've ever yeah. called the hotline or any of the lines to, to uh, the client services and stuff in Washington, or you call anybody, the congressman or anybody, it goes right back down to the criminals down at the bottom that are screwing it all up. They send a secret communique back saying, we've taken care of that. You never as veterans hear the end re- reply or anything. And then, and then Washington says, well, that's if you get back in touch with them, they say, well, they said they took care of it. And they didn't. They lied. You know what I mean? It's just we need, believe it or not, the simplest thing is two things. They go by the core values. They, they enforce that. And that they build a patient, or I call it patient, an advocacy system that is a separate legal system that represents veterans only. We can't count on the VSOs. We can't count on lawyers that only want to make a lot of money. If they can hire a general counsel's office and put legal lawyers in every VA medical center and every VA benefits office and every VA enrollment office, then they can put a lawyer down there with a a staff and everything that represents veterans. And um, it's, it's supposed to be what's in the best interest of the veteran. And it's supposed to be if there's a tie, it goes to the veteran. And they yeah, have a duty. To, of a they have a yeah. du- they have a duty to assist. And until we get our own separate legal system within the VA that answers to no one but the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, these people that are advocates and all these things, they depend on their evaluations and they depend on their promotions through the merit system for for the people that they're that's over them, and they're not going to rattle the ship too much or do anything, if you look at the last thing, and I go to the patient advocacy system, which is on the hospital side, but it's one VA. The inspector general just put out a report back about two months ago. They went to five different medical centers and looked at the patient advocacy system. 
They were colossal failures. All five of them. And the inspector general of the VA said it was a disgrace. That's what we deal with. Uh, Sherman, how many of these reports have we had over the last 15 years? We and continue it to have sounds them. like the same repeat, 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 the same stuff has been said and done, and we still can't get it right. We need a legal system that's separate. We need our own general counsel. We need our own special counsel. We need a direct link and don't have to go through the losers to, to try to get something because the losers are going to cover their butt. They want their pay raises. They want their advancements. They want their bonuses. Exactly. Exactly. We, and in and and, and the way that we hire directors of all facilities, benefits section and the hospitals and the other, the eligibility and all that, is we do it on the merit system. They go, they, they, we have so many things in, that we're not hiring from the outside. We're not hiring the best of the best. We're promoting people that are incompetent. They've been yeah. incompetent for 15 or 20 years. They got promoted because they were incompetent, so they moved them to another spot. They moved and up that's how the they do it. That's on the merit we system. Right. And, and, and it's just ridiculous. And I know yeah. in, in, Ryan, in Atlanta, we move them all the way up, and they put, them, they put them, the criminals in charge of the rest of the people. So the, well, the John, John, hey, we're, about, we're out of time, Oh boy! Oh, yeah, uh, hold on, folks. Hold Are on. Are we having right. fun? Uh, Chairman, uh, well, I appreciate you calling in. You uh, bet. Uh, and uh, Bill, we thank you for being here today. What a show, uh, Captain Captain Bill. <laughs> And, John, appreciate you being here. Folks, uh, yeah. we're totally yeah. out of time. Well, I'd like to get this going again next week if we could. Maybe we can uh, get together and figure out how to get us all together and unite to start something. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we could go down to IHOP. Have <laughs> breakfast or something. <laughs> You're going to have to take I'll, my nurses and get them to I was going to say, the VA police will probably follow me down there. I'm Coach 44. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, but thank you for the opportunity. Uh, but by golly, please call back, and and we'll do another show here. Thank you, we'll sir. We'll get one going here. And, thank you, uh, Thank you very much. Thank you, thank sir, and, for your and, service to our nation and continue the fight. And thank you, Sherman. Thank you, John. Thank you, Bill. This will be Gerald Cook with the uh, Had It Podcast. We'll be signing off for now. You've been listening to the HadIt.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by HadIt.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of HadIt.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of HadIt.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bachelor Show.